98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. Thomas Kwok vows to do good as he's released from prison. The government says it will review the decade-old plastic bag levy. And New Zealand announces a ban on all military-style guns following last Friday's massacres. Property tycoon Thomas Kwok has been released after completing his prison term for corruption. The former joint head of Sun Hongai Properties was jailed for five years in December 2014 for bribing former Chief Secretary Raphael Hoy. On leaving Stanley Prison, Mr Kwok thanked God for staying with him through tough times and his family and friends for their support. Janice Wong reports. A relaxed-looking Thomas Kwok emerged from jail, sporting a head full of white hair and a smile, to be greeted by members of his family, including his daughter Noelle, his son Adam and his younger brother Raymond Kwok. Today I feel so excited. I couldn't sleep for so many nights. And um, I'm glad that I'm out. I'm glad that I'll be able to do something for the sake of the society this time. Not just for the corporate, but for other interests as well. Mr Kwok said prison life was not easy and he went through lots of ups and downs. He said he sometimes felt regret, sometimes disappointment and sometimes he was just homesick. To overcome his emotions, he relied on God. Just by praying and reading Bibles, that's how you overcome your negative thoughts and negative emotions. Thomas Kwok thanked his family for their support, especially his daughter, for writing him many letters of encouragement and his mother for taking care of his family while he was locked up. He was asked what he planned to do on getting home. Of course I will hug my wife first. And what would he say? I'm sorry. Mr Kwok also revealed as he emerged from Stanley that he had already made plans to eat dim sum and would visit his mother. Paying respects to his brother Walter, who died last October, was also high on his to-do list. But what about returning to work? Mr Kwok said he didn't want to think about that for the time being. He said he planned to rest first, taking nine months to catch up on what's been going on in Hong Kong and around the world. The Secretary for the Environment, Wang Kam Singh, says it's time to review the plastic bag levy and its exemptions. Speaking at a plastic waste workshop, he said the current charge of 50 cents had been unchanged for 10 years. He also said that most plastic waste in landfills was from single-use plastics, such as bags, bottles and cutlery. The 50 cents have been remaining the same for 10 years. Second is about exemptions, so and somehow we have to balance between the uh, food uh, hygiene and also the uh, less weight. So we provide the exemption in Korea. The exemption is much clearer than what Hong Kong is having. Somehow they are also addressing the, the food safety, food hygiene issues. So it's timely for Hong Kong to reveal at least two major areas. Mr Wong also said the government will roll out a deposit and refund scheme for plastic bottles. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says proposed amendments to extradition laws will prevent Hong Kong from becoming a haven for fugitives. Speaking during a financial forum, Mrs Lam sought to allay concern from the business community that the proposed law will... Sorry, that the proposed law change, which includes white-collar crimes, will get people who do business across the border into trouble. Mrs Lam said the proposal was triggered by a murder case in Taiwan in which the suspect, a Hong Kong man, couldn't be returned from here. Prompted by this, uh, this case, well, we started to look around whether there are solutions. And there is, in fact, a solution which has been practiced in other jurisdictions, including, I think, the United Kingdom. And that is on a case-by-case approach. 
but subject to the protection of human rights and procedural safeguards. So what we are doing is just simple as that. And that should not be seen as uh, impeding business freedom or undermining business environment. I would say that's quite the opposite because we don't want Hong Kong to become a haven for fugitive offenders for public security. Mrs Lam also expressed concern over a recent rebound in home prices. Since last August, we have seen um, correction mm-hmm. up to about 9 to 10%. But uh, from January this year, so far we have two months, January and February, the downward trend has seems to uh, cease and we are seeing some upward movements again. Mm-hmm. So um, to put it simply, I'm worried because uh, affordability is a big issue for the people yeah. of Hong Kong. New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has announced that assault rifles and military-style semi-automatic weapons are to be banned. The move comes six days after 50 worshippers were killed by a far-right gunman at two mosques in the city of Christchurch. Today I'm announcing that New Zealand will ban all military-style semi-automatic weapons. We will also ban all assault rifles. We will ban all high-capacity magazines. In short... Every semi-automatic weapon used in the terrorist attack on Friday will be banned in this country. Seven days after a cyclone hit Mozambique, Malawi and Zimbabwe, rescue teams are still racing to find and help survivors from the storm. Aid workers say thousands of people are still stuck on roofs and in trees, waiting to be rescued from catastrophic flooding. Across the affected region, at least 300 people have died, but officials in all three countries expect the figure to rise. Maria Jose Torres is the UN resident coordinator in Malawi. The situation in Malawi is that half of country are now severely affected by water. There was severe flooding for seven days non-stop. 860,000 people affected. We were having very good prospects for the harvest until the rain started, but crops have been totally washed away. So now it's time also to work with the communities in replanting whatever is feasible so they can harvest. Juvenal Ramsia is with Doctors Without Borders. We have a report that there are around two or three days reserves of treated water available for the seat of Beira. After that, we enter the risks associated with the unclean water. The normal system that of water supply in Beira City was seriously affected by the, the cyclone, so it's not in condition to, to provide water for the water population. The British Prime Minister Theresa May has blamed MPs for her failure to secure parliamentary approval for her Brexit deal. Mrs May has asked the EU for a short extension, but has warned she will not consider a longer delay. MPs have been unable to agree on a way to implement the UK's withdrawal. As a result, we will now not leave on time with a deal on the 29th of March. This delay is a matter of great personal regret for me. And of this, I am absolutely sure you, the public, have had enough. The head of the European Council has indicated that Mrs May's deal must be passed by Parliament if the EU is to grant her a delay. Meanwhile, many Conservative Brexiteers have condemned the tone of her speech. The Cabinet Minister, James Brokenshire, defended Mrs May and urged MPs to come together in the national interest. 
As the Prime Minister said earlier on, she is absolutely exasperated and frustrated herself that we're having to seek this extension in order to get a vote passed here to see that we're able to move on and to deliver on the thing that we were charged to do, to deliver on Brexit. And of course, I understand the frustration of colleagues here. You know, it is really hard and really difficult, but ultimately, we've got some stark choices. The acting U.S. Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan is being investigated by officials at the Pentagon over allegations he showed favoritism towards Boeing, the company where he worked for 30 years, before joining the Trump administration. Investigators aim to find out if, as Deputy Defense Secretary, he had violated ethics rules by promoting Boeing and disparaging its rival Lockheed Martin in meetings at the Pentagon. The wartime leader of the Bosnian Serbs, Radovan Karadzic, has been told he'll spend the rest of his life in jail after judges at a United Nations tribunal in The Hague increased his sentence on appeal. The 73-year-old sat in silence. As the court told him, his original 40-year sentence didn't adequately reflect his responsibility for his crimes. Here's the BBC's Anna Holligan. Radovan Karadzic was responsible for the largest set of crimes attributed to any one individual at this court. The judge said there was an incongruence between the gravity, scale and systematic cruelty of the crimes and the original 40-year sentence. The 73-year-old was asked to stand to hear the final verdict. Survivors watching from the public gallery whistled, applauded and breathed a collective sigh of relief. Many of the women lost brothers and husbands in the massacre in Srebrenica. 8,000 Muslim men and boys executed the worst slaughter on European soil since the Holocaust. One of the oldest brands in the United States, Levi Strauss Jeans, has raised more than 600 million US dollars on its return to the stock market. Part of the proceeds from the sale will go to the Haas family, descendants of Levi Strauss. He produced his first blue jeans in 1873. President Trump says US tariffs on Chinese imports could stay for a substantial period, dampening hopes that a new trade agreement would see them lifted soon. Sean Kennedy has more. A week before US and Chinese officials are due to start fresh talks in Beijing, Mr Trump told reporters that Washington had to make sure that Beijing would abide by any deal. The US and China are battling over the final shape of an agreement, with the American side demanding changes to Chinese industrial policy. Over the past eight months, both sides have slapped tariffs on more than 360 billion US dollars of two-way goods trade. Mainland lawmakers recently approved a foreign investment law to strengthen protections for intellectual property, a key U.S. grievance. But critics say the bill was rammed through without enough time for input from businesses. While China has said it's willing to increase purchases of American commodities, experts say Beijing is reluctant to fully expose state enterprises to market forces. Currencies now, and the US dollar is trading at 110.41 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 14 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 36 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 29,368. That's 48 points up on the previous close. Market turnover stood at $60 billion. The US Federal Reserve, meanwhile, has indicated that the economy may be slowing. In a statement issued after a policy meeting, the chairman of the central bank, Jeremy Powell, hinted that no interest rate increases are likely this year as previously expected. And now, with the latest sports news, here's Adam Jung.
We start with ice hockey. The top-ranked Tampa Bay Lightning are going full steam into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Having clinched the league's best regular season record earlier this week, the Lightning followed that by beating the current champions. The Washington Capitals fired a club record 58 shots on goal. Andre Vasilevsky stopped 54 of them, also a club record. Victor Hetman went on to score in overtime to give Tampa a breathtaking 5-4 win. Their sixth consecutive victory. In basketball, the Philadelphia 76ers took another step towards securing home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs by beating the Boston Celtics 118-115. Joel Embiid came up big for the Sixers on both ends of the floor, finishing with 37 points and 22 rebounds. He rejected Kyrie Irving in the last minute of the game to preserve a three-point lead. The Sixers hold third in the Eastern Conference, having won six in a row. The Celtics trail fourth place Indiana by one game. In the West, James Harden dropped 57 points on Memphis in a 126-125 overtime win. San Antonio had their nine-game win streak ended by Miami in a 110-105 loss. On to news of a major breakthrough that could see cricket played at future Olympic Games. It's not included as part of the biggest sporting event in the world because the leaders of Indian cricket, the BCCI, had previously refused to allow drug testing on their players. But they've confirmed that they will work with anti-doping authorities. The BBC's Suneshi Pandey says cricket needs the Olympics to enhance its worldwide reputation. For cricket, it's more of an exposure kind of a question that is there in front of uh, cricket associations if we talk about the boards per se. Uh, cricket was omitted from the 2018 edition of the Asian Games held in Indonesia and after featured in 2010 and 2014, uh, cricket has not been featured in Asian Games. We're talking about Olympics. Now, why cricket need Asian Games? Why cricket need Olympics? Is because of the bigger picture if we see. If cricket will be included in Olympics, it would spread the game beyond beyond its traditional boundaries. So I think more than a pressure, it's a kind of an exposure that cricket is looking forward. And that is why uh, the ICC was, uh, you know, trying its level best to convince BCCI so that it goes as a sport event with uh, taking all the boards together. Finally, in football, Germany salvaged a one-all draw against Serbia in their final warm-up ahead of the Euro 2020 qualification round. Leon Goretzka scored the second-half equalizer for the Germans in a game played in Wolfsburg. Liverpool's Ben Woodburn scored in injury time as Wales beat Trinidad and Tobago 1-0 in a friendly played in Wrexham. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam Jung there. Now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. Thomas Kwok vows to do good as he's released from prison. The government says it will review the decade-old plastic bag levy. And New Zealand announces a ban on all military-style guns following last Friday's massacres. The news from RTHK.
Come on. 